Welcome back to the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we highlight the people, the technologies, and the companies that are shaping the future of retail. So what, today, we are joined as part of our ongoing Ask an Expert series by Kevin Swanwick, Vice President Store Solutions at, at Manhattan Associates. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Good to see you, Chris. Yeah, man, you too. I, the first time we talked, I think I, we must have talked for about an hour and a half because we got pretty pretty excited about everything that we had to share with each other in terms of like retail and how things were how things are evolving. And so I'm pretty pumped to have you on. I have no idea where this is going to go. I don't know if this podcast can contain the both of us, but for those listening, I asked Kevin to be on today because I think Kevin's got a really unique background. And he said something to me that I think is really important. And when I look at all the discussions we have around retail technology, oftentimes there's one really important thing that people forget as they're doing their evaluations. And that is, what is their business model, right? Every business model is built on some relationship between service and margin. And I think Kevin, from my conversations, has articulated that as about as well as anyone I've ever talked to. And so today, for those listening, I have asked him to take us through what all that means by, look, by using point of sale technology as kind of our looking glass into that endeavor. So, so Kevin, with that as kind of the buildup, no pressure, because that was kind of a, probably the biggest buildup I've done in the history of this show. Let's start with a little bit of background on, on who you are uh, and how have you seen point of sale technology evolve over the last, say, 10 to 20 years? Yeah, so Chris, I've been in the the industry a long time. And I mean, let's be honest, if you're really <laughs> in the stores business, right, you got to be a little nutty. My, I go way back. I won't tell you how long. It's a long <laughs> time ago, uh, but we could count it in decades. Um, uh, as part of a company called CRS Retail Systems, okay. which was an early pioneer in point of sale systems when uh, checkout terminals went from sort of, um, you know, almost assembler level like program to higher level uh, program devices on microcomputers, which eventually uh, became point-of-sale terminals, which IBM led the charge in back in that day. And we were one of the early folks to arrive at the right place in the right time with that and developed uh, store solutions um, that covered everything from, you know, you got to do checkout, you got to do inventory uh, management and all of that. Um, and uh, that business uh, developed over time. And in, the, in uh, 2000, uh, we acquired a company called Found, okay. uh, which was founded by um, Steve Young, the former quarterback for the uh, 49ers. A lot of people don't know it, but Steve is a pretty tech savvy guy. Yeah, pretty sharp um, guy too, right? Like lawyer, yeah, yeah, like quite sharp. Trade, yeah, yeah. It, it was always fun going out on sales calls with him, you know. Yeah, but uh, that he helps. Football. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that led to, and what, what Found did at the time was okay. they were the first guys to figure out, hey, People want to buy stuff and they come into my stores and I don't have it in stock, but they want it. But I know I have it somewhere else. I think I do. Where exactly do I have it? So there was this link between the ERP, which had the sort of, you know, uh, inventory of record. Let's get a feed from that, a daily feed, and then let's track the offsets during the day and do this thing called stock locator. And then let's figure out how we're actually going to get the product to the customer. I was going to say, I can remember that kind of thing back in 2000 at the Gap, where like, if you didn't have jeans, you know, we'll give you the guarantee we'll find it somewhere else. Like that same type of principle you're talking about. Right, exactly. And that, that in those days, you know, you, you, you basically, uh, there was, you know, formulas for how much you'd save um, when a customer walked in and how many times could you save the sale. And that just hit revenue and, and margin and everything else. 
Um, and so we were pioneers in that. What eventually happened was that company eventually you know, became Aptos. There was an acquisition there. I left the business for a couple of years after that and did some you know, unrelated things in not-for-profit. Um, and then I uh, got a call one day from a guy named Sandeep Benot, who had a, a startup called Global Bay Mobile Technologies, just getting off the ground, mobile enterprise applications. They'd done work for us, for one of our customers to develop a mobile inventory app for the stores. And he said, you know, I want to get out of this Meep business and I want to develop vertical applications. So you want to come on board and help. So anyway, I invested in that company and got involved and we were pioneers again. Uh, in the days when Apple was opening their stores. All right. And, That's a kind yeah. of a big moment. And we'll talk more history. about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a big move because then all of a sudden everybody wanted to be like Apple. And that's very difficult to do for a number of reasons we can talk about. Uh, 100%. It led to a lot of different thinking in terms of innovation. So Global Bay was acquired by Manhattan Associates in 2014, which is how I got here yep. um, and said, Hey, we are dead. We're, we're as serious as a heart attack about uh, being becoming the leaders in store solutions, including point of sale, orders and fulfillment, inventory, the whole the whole thing in right. each. Um, you know, let's go. And so that's what we've been doing ever since. I'm curious, Kevin. What did you? What? Let's go back to the Apple experience because I think that to me is a seminal moment. I think it gets talked about so much where you hear everyone say like, you know, Apple really changed the way you do retail was done and. You know, there's the whole argument of, you know, is it a new retail concept? Is it built on the success of the iPhone, all that? Well, but we'll stay out of that. But I think when you talk about point of sale, they did really start to do that differently in terms of how they brought that to market. And there's been a lot of energy around that. What have you learned from that experience in terms of, as you said, people, you know, kind of coming and saying, hey, how do we do that? And, yeah. and how people should think about whether they should do that. Because my hunch is that's probably not really right for everyone. Although people's minds are like, yeah, let's go do that. That's the cool shiny penny on the ground that I want to pick up. Like, yeah, what did you yeah. learn from all well, that? I have to admit a lot of our early success at, at, at Global Bay was because we had people from Apple walking us into retail accounts and we'd, we'd, be, deal we'd be getting calls from CEOs, you know, right. not even heads of IT saying, saying, hey, I want to do that. How can I do that? I'm, they're telling me you can do that. And of course, the, the challenge that you run into right away is, is as you know, having been in retail yourself for a long time. If long you time. looked at the dollars per square foot that Apple was producing, okay, that, that's your first problem. Your second problem <laughs> is if you look at the way the merchandise is stocked and organized, right? Um, you have people lined up down Fifth Avenue to get in your store waiting a couple of hours and you've planned for that demand in that physical location and there are white boxes and you go like this and somebody goes and runs and pulls it out of the wall and you hand it over and they scan it with the mobile device and you pay and wow, man, that is Ooh. such a cool experience. Right. With product margins like Ferrari, right? Thing. That's the joke, right? They're like yeah. the product margins are ridiculous in that too. Right. So if you're running at, you know, 11, 12% payroll expense and paying 135 per square foot, you know, and, and, and you don't have everything in nice white boxes right there, you've got to think about, well, how do I want to approach this and, and what's going to make sense? And as it turns out, and this is why I'm at Manhattan, a lot of the good things you can do, for example, with mobile point of sale and uh, clienteling, uh, as it used to be called, you know, where I've got, you know, deep black book profile on a customer and I want to be able to use that, not in a creepy way, but in a way that fits the service level that I want to reach with the customer. 
there's a lot of other things that you have to be able to do. So if we go back to like found, what was good about that was, hey, number one, I'm not gonna have all the white boxes in the store. I'm gonna have a size eight, but not a size six in blue. How do I do that? And they're standing in front of me, right? So right away, I need that piece on the back end that is uh, gonna do the stock locator and locate the inventory. Oh, that's great. But what happens now when you start pushing demand to that, that other location and you break their size runs inside of a week? <laughs> would, you know? So this leads to a whole new set of problems when right. you're in the real world of retail, uh, pay, you know, making uh, you know, dollars per square foot that kind of fit into what most of the world lives in. So, yeah. And so I, I think, Kevin, like as you're talking to retailers then, like how do you, like say you're starting on an initial conversation, like, like what framework, I'm curious, like what frameworks do you use to try to think about how to piece apart what's right for one retailer in conversation versus another? Like, is there anything, is there any way you've kind of mnemonic you used or devices you've used to try to get a handle on that for yourself as you've learned all this? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think what you what, what you got to do is when you think about yourself as a retailer, and I'm, I'm not saying this myself, like this is my idea. This is from talking with retailers and going through with them that the challenges and experiences they have and trying to understand them. You know, you have to decide, are, are you really, you know, when you think about your stores, do your stores need to be transaction or order centric or do they need to be customer centric, right? Okay. There's a distinction there, right? And, and, and everybody's in a little bit of both, but where do you fall, uh, you know, in that, in that spectrum, right? Because it's, it's fairly broad. Mm-hmm. And then once that's been decided, there's a number of things you need to answer that have specifically to do with technology, right? I mean, one of the problems with point of sale, right, is uh, you're talking about applications that have been out there a long time. They are the most distributed systems on the planet, almost, right? Uh, millions of lines of code not just distributed out to the stores, but in most cases distributed to every device that's out there. So if I'm a big retailer and I've got 10,000 of these things out there, right? I have 10,000 millions of lines code bases sitting out there. How do I update that? Right, mission critical too. Current, right? Mm-hmm. And the vendor's dream was always, well, we have a way to do it through extensions and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and trust me when I tell you, being one of them, who tried to do it for years and we were pretty good at it, um, it's not really possible. And, and so um, that, that leads us naturally to, well, I need to get to cloud. Why? Well, because it's microservices based, it's versionless, I have ways of updating it. This introduces newer problems that for point of sale that we can talk about, but that's technologically where you got to get. Once you've kind of gotten over that hurdle, w- what is it that you need to focus on? Right? Yeah. Store. What do you need to be able to deliver in terms of a customer experience, right? How important is that? Um, what's your staffing model look like in the store, okay. right? Because most of us can't just say, well, yeah, I'm running at, you know, an 11%. No, I'm just going to, I want to give this kind of service. So I'm going to change it to 30%. Like that, that's sort of hand me that piano, right? You, you don't hear people saying that, right? <laughs> it's not going to happen. So there has to be a way to do it with technology and there's a lot of great ways to try to get there, but I think it's really important to understand what's the level of service you need to be able to deliver and stay true to that and build it, build your technology around that. So in other words, I don't wanna necessarily be like Apple. What I want is I want my customers to have that nice 
frictionless experience and go, wow, this was great. I want to come back. I want to shop more. I want to go online and maybe I want to go online and come to the store. Maybe I want to go the other way, right? I want that to happen. But you're you're not going to get there the way Apple did. Yeah. So is, so Probably. so so yeah. So you said okay. So you said I mean you said that you, you said there's a uh, a kind of dichotomy there that I thought was interesting. That I think plays into what you just said, which customer centric versus order centric. So like so is that essentially what you're saying then? So like if you're let's say order centric, that means like I'm probably looking at a business model that's like, you know, the inventory is turning fast. You've got a lot of traffic to the stores. The product margins are probably far, far lower than Apple. It's just about moving volume. Am I thinking about that in the right way? And, that, and if so, which I think I am, what does that imply then as you start thinking about, you know, what are the types of technologies or how am I going to think about point of sale deployments here in the future? Yeah, no, I, I think that's, you're exactly on the right track is, um, so if you think of it this way, right, uh, a lot of us came from a very transaction centric and use, that's a legacy term right now, we'll say right. order centric today, it's a bit more hip, right, but, and even, yeah. even folks in the order management community, it comes from, it's all about the order, it's all about the transaction, if you think about it, there's a linearity to that, right, you know, point of sale, the, you know, the POSLOG arts model, you, you kind of sit there and look at it and it's like, you start here, you go here, you go here. It's very linear and it's about the transaction. And so what folks tried to do over the years was, well, how do I take that linear process and build around it things that are going to help me with the customer interaction? Of course, the first problem with that is that if you think about it, that's really a checkout environment. Well, by the time the customer is checking out, it's like game over. They want to get the hell out of the store. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to think about the before experience, the during experience, and the after experience, and that, that whole continual cycle. And then if you think about customer you know, centricity, um, since we're on the topic, I mean, it, it seems that there are, I mean, I'll oversimplify this. But you can almost think about it in terms of like there are three levels, right? Exactly. And, and, you know, it's always easy to go to the extremes to try to, you know, frame them. Um, but uh, if you think of a Hermes, Prada, sure. you know, the, the higher end Gucci, this is, this is a very high ticket, probably lower transaction volume, pretty exclusive customer, very high expectations, Labor models, probably not a problem. You may have people on commission and so on. Uh, you don't need a lot of space. Your dollars per square is going to be expensive. You're in exclusive locations, but you know, it works. The model works, right? In that environment, the hot, very high touch. I want to have all kinds of stuff in my hands. I've got time to work with the customer. I may want to keep a black book. I want to book appointments in advance. I want to have two-way communication with the customer. That might even be not just store to customer, but actual person to customer, because your labor model can, you know, is set up that way. Mm -hmm. Very exclusive and so on. Then you go down and you get the next tier down where I don't have those That's kinds crazy. of prices, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But I want to give that kind of service. I feel like so I should. Yeah. Right? Like, but yeah. how, how close can you get to that? So yeah, I want to use some technology in the store. I would like to know if that customer had a problem, reported it to the contact center, has an open case, we shipped a product that wasn't right, there was something wrong with the fabric, we got the fit wrong on this particular line, they're coming back in to do a return. I'd like to know that in advance. Mm -hmm. Customers coming in to do a buy online pickup in the store. I'd like to know <laughs> when they're coming. When that's yeah, happening. With them. Maybe make some recommendations for an upsell. Is it curbside? Are they coming into the store? That's another thing we can talk about how that's sure. 
changing. And then you've got the folks below that level where, look, I'm pretty much a value brand, but my customers, they're young. They're, you think of the footwear, right? And athleisure, yeah. digital natives, man, they're coming in. They've got, they got this stuff on their phone. They're looking at prices. They're doing compares. You know, they want, you know, do they like to know that, hey, I just came into the store and, you know, checked in. We've got a coupon specifically for right. you, Chris, targeted for you. Yeah, yeah, maybe they do. And these are the kinds of things, you know, all of those line up with a labor model, with an average ticket, with a cost per square foot and all that stuff, right? And it seems like the folks who are getting it right know which band they're in and they understand what level they need, what level of service they need to be deliver to deliver. I think that's, I think that's really awesome. And I want to make sure people heard that because like, you know, what I take from that, here's what I take from what you just said is like, you know, in the, in the footwear example for that you mentioned, like that's where you're going to probably need to think about how do you use technology so that the experience is really self-service for the most part. And you're not leaning into your store associates or some other aspect of your business model to, to carry the weight of the decisions that you're going to make from a technology perspective. Whereas then you go on the other end and you're talking the boutique environment there, it's going to be one, you know, it's going to be high personal touch. The person can actually have that interaction in the store with the customer. And so that you don't almost want it to be self-serve. You actually want to facilitate, use technology to facilitate a deeper conversation between those people, a deeper human connection, so to speak, where those people are standing right next to each other, which is really different from what you see in those other formats. How do you, so two questions on that. How, how do you think about what I just said? And then if you find yourself as a retailer in one of those tiers, what types of things would you be looking at deploying or thinking about in each one of them? Yeah, so there's a, there's a number of uh, pieces there. I mean, one of the things that we discovered at Global Bay, right, was that um, we were getting all this traction because we could deliver the nice UI experience. You could check a customer out. You had a catalog, a digital catalog. You had, you know, favorites and things like that. You could, you could work with a customer. You could do it on an iPad. And it was great. The problem was we only had a front end. So now you, when you get deep into this and, and you want to now right. be, deliver the good customer experience, well, what about the inventory? Right. Who's got that? It's actually How a backend do- issue. And by the way, just the fact that I can see inventory and what I have, that, 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 that almost creates more problems than right. it solves because now, oh, I'll just start pulling inventory. Well, you, you can't kind of do that. So, and one of the reasons I'm at, at Manhattan is because, uh, you know, Manhattan realized, look, you have to have this common component model, right? Where these things can't be sitting in silos. You know, Saks was doing clienteling, I mean, God, well, years and years ago. Yeah, that part's not new. On the bigger, yeah. right? But those right. systems, you know, they, they were they were written with their own code bases then had to be integrated to the other systems. And when that system changed, what do you do with this one? I need to add something, you know, and it just becomes unmanageable. And folks have wrestled with these things for years. If you can bring that under and get to the cloud where everything is a discrete microservice with a purpose and it's got a job, yeah. right? And there's one way to talk to it then you can start to orchestrate the pieces that you need together. Cause some of it is going to be what are, what's on her wish list? Does she have pending orders sitting out there? What has she brought from us in the past? Show me digitally. I want to see it. Do we have lookbooks that she has interacted with uh, recently or before? Do we have some that we want to send her um, when she comes into the store and she wants to do 
a return? Do I have a way to quickly identify that to make that frictionless, but also to have an immediate recommendation for her so that I can convert that? We're seeing this a lot now with a big you know, surge of online transactions. If you've got a 35% return rate and now they're all coming to the store, yeah, like, what, you do. what does that look like, right? Yeah. Quickly turn that into, is it just a net negative return or does do my associates have a way to quickly you know, convert that. And to bring all of that together, you've got to have, you've got to have common components that hang together. Because if you start updating, uh, you know, any part, one part of a solution, you know, without the other one, it, yeah. you, you develop these problems, you know, naturally. You know? So let, Okay. So let me click into that. So I mean, basically, I think point number one that you're saying is like, you know, the, the, the front end, the back end connectivity how all this works is incredibly important and cloud and microservices is the core foundational architecture are important within that. How do you think going back to your framework and the different, like, you know, being customer centric and order centric and the different tiers of retailers, how do you think about the questions? Like as people start to implement this in terms of, do I go, you know, maybe, um, uh, like a mobile only point of sale via sitting in the customer's hand, is it a sales assisted point of sale or is it like a fixed position point of sale? Like, how do you think through what, which of those options, and it might not be, you know, one or the other, I don't think they're all mutually exclusive. How do you think about thinking through that as a retailer, given what their operations are? Yeah. Well, I have a very strong opinion about this, but I'll tell you. <laughs> you do? Re- no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hopefully well-informed, but you know, the, the, the thing you need to be able to do, look, we just talked about a few minutes ago, these different tiers. Like what, what is the level of service, right? Well, that's going to determine what the organization of the store looks like. Right. And the last thing you want is your store planners and designers uh, work, you know, working with, with the store ops and saying, oh, well, this is what we want to do, right? And then you go, oh, well, wait a minute. We can't do that because our app only runs on a fixed device or it's a separate app that runs on a mobile device. And we've got this limited choice and it's, let's call our POS vendor. It's go, how much is the SO? That's a half a million. How long is it going to take you? Eight months to do that? Okay, great. Thanks. I mean, right. And and I'm the first time. I'm being sarcastic, (laughs) but this is, I lived it. Trust me. Oh, I have too. Yeah. (laughs) And and this is not a good answer. So what you want to have is you don't want to have to have technologically a pre-scripted answer, right? This is like, mm. give me the flexibility so that if I decide to open a pop-up, I don't have to carry a big Toshiba HTTP register out there every time I can go with the mobile device. And by the way, can I have some choices there? Like maybe I want to use a small, you know, form factor like this, but maybe I want to use, uh, you know, a mini or a larger size. What about Android? What about Windows? You know, I want to be able to move between those. I don't want the technology draw, you know, determining my business decision. I want it the other way around. Mm-hmm. I want to make the business decision and then the technology needs to be able to support it. You're, you, wanna, you want to be able to make the business decision that I don't have to go back to IT every time, you know, oh, can we do that? You know, uh, what's that going to cost? Yeah. What's it going to take? I mean, and now, you know, you're, you're like, oh, cross that one off the list. I guess we can't do it. That's not a good answer. You know, no, I love what you just said. We got to do better. You know, no, man, I love what you just said there because you kind of turned the question on its head, which I think is awesome. Like, it's a really good perspective and way to think about it. Whereas, where it's the answer of what you choose could be is going to be different by retailer. It's also probably going to be different by retailer, by location, and by store type or outlet type. 
Even within um, a brand, yeah. Yeah, and so you really, actually the right question is more, what is the design of the overall system that you need that gives you the flexibility to do all of those different things? And you can see that now in terms of like different retailers trying different types of formats and, you know, whether you even mentioned it to you, like maybe there's a concierge offering in the parking lot that is, you know, simulating this same exact type of thing. That is fundamentally the most important answer, which is why I feel like every one of these conversations I do when I talk about the future of retail, it fundamentally comes back to point of sale and the linkage with an order management system in a consistent way. Like that is the crux of how this all goes down. So you have that flexibility, like five to 10 years out. How do you think, how do you think as an expert in this space, like, we as consumers are going to be transacting differently in stores. What, what you pay with sort of, and what you pay how with. you pay electronically yeah. is going to have very, very strong bearing on what the store looks like over time. We're starting to see this more in Europe as more advanced. So for Same example, more. give an example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we added pay by link, right? Which is a, okay. you know, a technology. There's actually a company over in Europe called pay by link and people here use it, you know, more generically. Uh, and we see that being adopted, you know, in, in Europe where, you know, you're, you're interacting with a customer and, you know, today, if you're in the U.S., a typical transaction, it's all EMV and God, how much pain and gore did it take to get that thing stack certified and up and everything. And then, oh, and now you want to add, you know, Alipay or something. Oh, can, can we do that? You know, right. you know, there's a whole. So that whole space is undergoing a lot of transformation and change. The payment service providers, fintech in general, uh, you're seeing a lot of acquisitions, merging technologies. PayPal, for example, is now fully in uh, as, as, a, as a card present provider as well, not right. just the PayPal that we all know, you know, as a, as a method of payment right. uh, and others as well. Uh, you know, Stripe, there's another number of other companies out there, you know, following the Addian model. Um, and that's going to continue to change. And so if, if folks in Europe are paying by pay by link and that's going to be adopted eventually in the U.S., what other kinds of electronic payments are we going to start to look more like Asia Pack is now in terms of payment? And when that starts to happen more rapidly, what does that mean for the transaction in the store? And how much of that is anchored by the customer's device, right? Is it simply just payment or is it going to go uh, a little bit further? It's like, given what you're saying, like it's probably going to have some dependency on the consumer's own device as kind of as being a part of that experience in some way, shape or form? You know, I think, I think as people get conditioned to that, you know, if you're using pay by link, you'll do that like right, right from your phone, you know, yeah. while you're, while you're standing there. Right. Yeah. So you've started now new behavior. No, it's actually a really good bridge too, unintentionally, like in, 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 into our first question for how many are you, but I love what you said there too, because like something I never thought about too, which is, you know, we talked about, okay, you need to have the flexibility in the system that you're going to design but you also probably, as you're doing that, should be thinking forward and then working backward. And so, you know, on what hunch are you going to play, right? Or what are you going to place your bet? Which is, yeah, the consumer is probably going to be more involved or I don't want to say in control, but that's kind of how the word is coming to my mind in that transaction in the future by way of their own device. So what is the system design that you ultimately create in that store experience that, you know, is building off of that? you know, as you go. I, I mean, I because th I, I think it's a mistake to think about um, things like, you know, uh, you know, point of sale, which is a product I'm responsible for here at the, at the company, but it's it's almost, it's a mistake it's to limiting. talk about it as a discrete thing, right? It's like, mm -hmm. well, when, when you say point of sale, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. oh, you need a checkout system? Like, you know, I mean, 
I mean, if you're a, if you're a brand and all you do is you just sell merchandise in the store and check people out and that's all you do, that might be an appropriate conversation. But for the rest of the world, it's like, well, what does it mean? What components do I need for customer engagement? What components do I need to be able to fulfill orders? What components do I need to be able to see the right inventory? And then behind the scenes, have the, the mechanism that figures out the best way, the best location, the best way to fulfill that mm-hmm. for that particular customer mm-hmm. based on optimal uh, you know, fulfillment mm-hmm. uh, inventory options that I have on the back end. So it's, it's, you kind of need it all to hang together, yep. which is why we adopted the common component model. I mean, frankly, and I mean, this is more about Manhattan, but it's, it's, it's grounded in the reality of what's going on out there is that we have customers that have started with point of sale, mm-hmm. right? And said, I want to get to, that's that platform's on, you know, on fire because of my, my legacy mm-hmm. vendor, I need to replace right. it. How quick right. can you do it for me? Right. And so you start there, but you make sure that, you know, when you do that, you've got all the common components so that when they go to put in order management and the rest of it, it's not like, oh, I have to integrate this to that. No, no, no. It's the same. So today, you know, we used to talk about standard data model in arts like years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all that kind of stuff. Now it's about, you know, what are the components? So, you know, things like item, price, promo, um, um, you know, customer, payment capture, right? All, all that kind of stuff. Those need to be common components, not two, right? It's like, oh, if you do an order, it's this component if you do point of sale transaction it's that no no they need to be the same one and then the other problem you have to solve for uh, and that we took on very early because we knew we had to was okay it's great that you've got microservices and you're cloud native and you can run cloud but man i've got stores in boaz alabama pigeon fortune (laughs) what happens when the telco goes down right (laughs) right and my meraki dream didn't get me there for whatever reason that day and i'm offline and i've got you know, one of my biggest stores and I've got volumes of people coming through. And so you got to be able to have that thing be able to run on an edge. Uh, 100%. It's got to be redundant. That's my, that is my, like one of my favorite things I ever love talking about is I was, I think I, I think I might've mentioned to you this before, but like I was sitting in Target store when the point of sale system went out and I was like, my God, imagine if I had a redundant point of sale system on my own phone, I could have checked myself out. The store employees could have done the same thing. It would have been hugely successful. I mean, I, last call, I do have one more question for you. I knew this would happen. So like we talked about, you know, point of sale order management systems. Those yeah. are the key. Yeah. 1A, 1B. Is one 1A and another 1B? I'm curious your take. Like is one of those more important to start with and get honed in correctly over the other? Or does it matter? It, 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 it does matter a, okay. a lot, but it depends on your business and it depends okay. on your circumstances, okay. right? Yeah. And, and what, what's your starting point? What's your burning platform? Uh, we've done it both ways. We've done it go one B and start order management and go this way. Okay. We've been going the other way. You know, where's the pain? Ideally, you know, there's no reason you can't actually, uh, you know, uh, do those together. I think in the context you and I are in right now, which is really about stores, it's like, you know, start with what is the store now? What's, what is my store? What is the role of my store? Right. You know, because it's not what it used to be, right? right? Is there one in mass either, like, would you, in general, like on the average, the role of averages, would you start with POS over OMS in general? Like, is there, is there one, is there an answer to that? Or do you think it's solely dependent? Well, there's, there's a lot you can do with um, a customer engagement or, you know, which some folks will refer to as clienteling, but think of that whole, yeah. that, that whole thing, a customer engagement um, a set of uh, features that could 
could traverse the three tiers we talked about before, yeah. very yeah. high end or the, the medium. And and there there's there's some you know there's some gold in those hills, right? Yeah, there is. If you can you can implement that. You can see where my bias is actually. That's why I keep asking. But yeah. <laughs> right, right. You can cheaply implement a lot of that by using mobile devices, not having the expense that you would have had before, and you've got a ready path to get to order management. So there's get definitely a compelling yep. case there, right? That's how I think. Okay, that's good to hear because that's that is how I think about it. Like if somebody put a gun on my head, I think that's the answer I would give too. All right, cool. Wow, awesome. All right, that was great. I, lo- I always love when the heat comes at the very end of everything too. That was that was fantastic. All right, man, this is a great segue too. So now let's put your money where your mouth is, literally. All right, let's say you're in the grocery store, maybe pre post pandemic, however you want to answer this. Are you pulling out a credit card or are you using some type of mobile payment? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, I think it depends. Uh, you know, if I have my choice, yeah, today, um, I'd probably use a credit card, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little old fashioned, but would you? Yeah. If, okay, if, why I'm is with, that? if I'm with my daughter, I think I'll go for the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go, let me, let me just swipe over that baby. Cause I, you know, it, it is secure when it's, when it's implemented properly. Yeah, right. Absolutely. A lot of people are here and are tapping the credit card now. That's like the new behavior change. They're still using the credit card, but they're tapping yeah. it versus Tap and go. Right. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's going to keep getting better. As I said, you know, the, the payment space is undergoing a lot of, you know, innovation and transformation right now. There's a lot of money being spent, um, by, by those companies. Right. So, um, if I'm not using uh, that today, I might be pretty soon. But uh, <laughs> you will be after this interview, and everyone gives you grief when they hear it back in the office. <laughs> All right, how many times in the last week have you ordered food or drinks from an app? Uh, let's see, once for food, and okay. um, twice for food. <laughs> okay. All right. One was groceries, and one was uh, was uh, was pickup. Twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. That I think probably we've been doing this questionnaire for three years now. I think that's the one that's just picked up intensely yeah. since the pandemic began. All right, last question. And I have literally no idea where you're going to go with this one. <laughs> it's a little bit off the beaten path from the conversation we've had. But if you could only use one social platform, what would it be and why? Uh, if I could only use one social platform. Oh, this is controversial. Mm. This is controversial. Uh, yeah, today, uh, you know, I would say um, I would probably stick with, uh, well, in the U.S. Okay, okay, okay. There. Oh, okay. Facebook. Facebook, time. okay, why? For, uh, j- just in terms of footprint, but, okay. uh, you know, you're talking to somebody that, if you ask my daughter that question, you'll get a different answer. I was going to ask you what your daughter's would be since she's come up a few times. Facebook is mine too. So Facebook and LinkedIn, but I, I'm curious. It, it, it is literally tied to which country are you in and what's your age demographic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow, man. Okay. I need a cigarette after that one. That was awesome. What, a, what if, if people found this conversation interesting, which I did, I think there's a lot to think through here in terms of the education on how this is all going to play out. Like what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Like if they want yeah, to. Sure. Yeah. We have a pretty robust website with a lot of good um, uh, documentation that's available, generally available. That's, uh, you know, manh, M-A-N-H.com. Uh, but people should feel free to, uh, you know, if you, you have specific questions, reach out to me. Uh, my email is kswanwick at manh.com. And I, I'd love to hear from uh, from folks. Oh, man, this was fun. We got to do this again. Uh, yeah. I had a blast. 
Uh, Kevin, thanks so much for coming Thank on the you. show. Uh, for those listening, again, it's Kevin Swanwick, the Vice President of Store Solutions at Manhattan Associates. I say it all the time. I say it at the conclusion of every show, and it's never more important than it is right now. To everyone listening, be careful out there.